around the world and here at home, bringing relief, hope, and the life-changing message of Jesus. You're listening to the Mize Missions Podcast with Terry Mize. Hello, everybody. God bless you, and welcome today to Terry Mize Ministries Podcast. We're so glad you're out there listening, and we invite you at any time to, that you've got the opportunity to go over to terrymizeministries.org, and we have all of our previous podcasts there for your listening pleasure. So, um, Again, take advantage of these things. We have there on the ministry website, we have um, all of our communications information there. We also have any of the products there that you would like to take advantage of. We have books, CDs, even a DVD from time to time in there for you. And we just look forward to hearing from you. Anytime you have a prayer request, a question, you can call our office here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Also, every week, you can invite your friends and family to listen to us at terrymize.com. That's where our current podcasts are posted. And so today, we are looking forward to you giving some friend or family member a call and tell them to listen and join in with you. We get so many good testimonies from folks that invite their family and friends to come over for coffee and listen to them. Uh, Just sit there at the dining room table or in the living room and listen to the podcast. We've even had some folks say that they were not able to attend a church in their area for some reason or another and They were able to pick up the podcast and felt like they were at church already. So we look forward to that testimony coming from many of you, knowing that, uh, you know, life just happens and you can't always get through the doors of the church, but there's somebody there that will listen to you. And uh, we're there for you to just minister and to pray for you and believe God with you and use our faith with yours to see the, the miracles happen in your life that Terry and I are believing God that you will receive. Well, we're going to talk today about some wonderful things from the Word of God. And I know Terry's got a wonderful testimony that we wanted to share with you on healing and just really a miracle that happened to these little twin babies in the jungles of Guatemala. And so, darling, I'll just hand it off to you and you take it from there, whatever, wherever you'd like to start in time there. Thanks, Renee. I'd like to say hello to everybody. And I just I just appreciate, Renee, all of our uh, friends, partners. Amen. Uh, that hook up with us on these broad, on these podcasts as That's well as right. everything else we do in the ministry. You know, if it weren't for the partners that we've had, so you know, we've had some of our partners uh, since the seventies. <laughs> That's <laughs> you right. Know, since, you know, Jackie and I left, uh, got out of the army in January of of, uh, of uh, whatever year it was, nineteen seventy two. Uh, my brain went somewhere else because I went to the Missionvilles when I was 18 in 1968. Right. But then right. I then I got after when we got married, then I got drafted, and so we spent two years in the military and and had a baby there. And so then we left and went to the mission fields right. and lived in Oaxaca, Mexico. And I've said often over the years in jest that Oaxaca is not the end of the world, but it's certainly visible from there. <laughs> now, of course, here it is in 2017. Oaxaca is a pretty nice city and pretty right. a modern city, and you got Walmart and Whataburger and Office Depot and all that kind of stuff. But back in those days, you had nothing. Uh, you just, in fact, there was there was no refrigeration in the town. I always think that's uh, such a major aspect of information about back then. That oh when yeah, y'all went there. When no we moved to Oaxaca, there was no refrigeration wow. in the town, meaning there were no grocery stores exactly. with refrigerated cases. Right. And so, uh, so for uh, there just wasn't any milk wow. to be had or dairy products unless you got it from a cow or a goat. And my, then, my, uh, my. then they would once a week they would take milk in Mexico City, and they would freeze it solid. 
Oaxaca. And then they would send it by truck to uh, Oaxaca. to Oaxaca, which back in those days took about 11 to 13 hours to drive oh to drive that trip. It doesn't take that long now because they built turnpikes and beautiful freeways. But well. back in those days, it was just, uh, in fact, one guidebook says, in one in one hour's time, there was eleven hundred curves. I never I never counted them, uh, <laughs> but I'm sure I drove them, and it wow. was just a, an incredible thing. But anyway, so so to Mama. get our to get meat. Uh, oh, by the way, when the meat when the milk got there, right. then it would be thawed out. It would be thawing out, and you'd you'd buy it. But of course, it tasted watery because it's watered down after it. You know, and, and and back in those days, you could even tell when it was rainy season. You could taste the milk whether it was rainy season. Or dry season, dry season, you could tell what the cows had been eating, whether they'd been eating oh, uh, green goodness. grass and good stuff or whether they yeah. were <laughs> hungry and, and just getting by on sticks and stuff. But uh, my, my, that's my. how we got our milk. And then, of course, our, our meat came from the butcher market whenever the butcher killed something. Mm-hmm. And when the butcher killed something, as it was all over Mexico and many third world nations uh, back in those days, the butcher would kill something, he'd hang a red flag up on his shop. Right. And if you saw a red flag up on his shop, you knew there was fresh meat. So you went in purchased your meat but it was it was not steaks and cuts like we have today it was just <laughs> everything cut into strips, strips. long strips yeah. and just hanging up in the open air with flies all over it because that's how they cured it if they cut Goodness it too gracious. thick it would rot so yeah. they had to cut it thin in strips and then hang it up to air dry and and so that's how we bought our meat and of course we'd take our meat home and, and uh, we'd wash it with we'd baptize it with Clorox. Clorox. Often said Clorox is a missionary's friend, you know. We ba- we washed our vegetables in Clorox, washed our meat in Clorox, right. and put Clorox in our baby's bath water because uh, babies would pick up the washcloth and suck it and get the water down their throat, and that water was, you know, had, oh. had amoebas and bacteria in it back in right. those days. So right. so even we when we had a bath, we smelled like a, we'd been swimming, you know, chlorine in a chlorine pool. But anyway, um, we, uh, from all those years, uh, having to just take the word of god at face value right. you know we had we we had to even confront missionaries or, or i should say it the other way around missionaries would confront us sure. you know and tell us hey what are you kids doing here you don't belong here and you know who's supporting you and who sent you down here and right. and of course i hated to answer their questions because you know the i would love to have said well hey you know, 16 denominations sent sent us denominations right, right. sent us down here, and we've got 18 millionaires on our board, and we've got all kind of money coming in. Right. But the truth of the matter, and that's what I had to tell them, was, well, God sent me. No, no, no. Yeah, but who really sent you? Well, <clears throat> God. No, no, no. God sent us all, but who sent you? Well, God. <laughs> How much support do you have? Well, we have an abundance. We have more than enough. God meets all our needs according to the rich and glory of Christ Jesus. And they knew they knew they couldn't see that. They knew that wasn't right. They knew that's not what they were seeing. But I knew, Renee, that you released faith with words. Jackie and I understood sure. that if we give them the answers they want to hear, yeah. we'll swear to our own hurt. Right. You know, Josh, uh, Jonah said in the belly of the whale, he, he said, if, if I observe this thing, if I give in to this thing, I'm a, I'm a dead man. He, he, he made this statement. He said, they that observe lying vanities forsake her own mercy. mercy so he was here he was in the belly of the whale the bottom of the sea was seaweed wrapped around his head no way out and yet he said this is a lying vanity i refuse to give in to this i refuse for this to be my end that's and right. uh, and that's what we had to do we Tremendous knew that if we truth. told those missionaries Tremendous. well nobody sent us you know we don't have anybody sent us down here we don't have anybody sending us money uh you know we knew that that's what they wanted to hear yeah. But we knew we'd cut our throat if we did. We knew that faith was going to work for us if we would declare the word of God and act like God told the truth. 
Because that's what confession is, and that's what faith is. It's acting like God told you the truth. You speak it, and then you act on it. You speak it, then you act on it. You speak it, then you act on it. You know, Brother Hagen told us, in fact, we ought to do a podcast on this at some point. Brother Hagen told us so many decades ago, uh, he pointed out the story of the, of the, uh, the, the little woman that, that was, uh, uh, had a, the issue of blood for 12 years. And it says that when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I can just touch his garment, I'll be whole. And so she did all that. But Brother Hagan always pointed out, he said that he said she had four steps there. He said she heard it, then she said it, right. then she did it, and then she received it. You know, and so she she, she heard that Jesus truths, would heal her, and then she went out to, to find Jesus. Right. And she said, she, she said, if I can just touch his garment, she said it. So then she went and did it. She reached out and touched his garment. And then whenever she did, she received a miracle. So right. so she heard it, and then she said it, and then she did it, and then she received it. And, of course, I've always added a fifth one on there at the end of it. She thanked God for it. She was thankful for it right. and gave the testimony of it. So uh, so we knew in those Simple early days that, that we, if we told those missionaries what they wanted to hear, we'd be cutting our own throat. We'd be we'd be uh, swearing to our own hurt that we'd be forsaking, uh, uh, forsaking uh, our, our own lives. You know, right. if we observe this, lying vanity will forsake our own lives. So we knew we couldn't do this. But anyway, we've had partners, Renee. Uh, friends, you know, families that uh, started helping us in the early, early, early years. And uh, some of those people are still partners today. Some of those That's people right. are, have right. gone to heaven today. And some of those people, you know, are, are, are our age and older. And so they've retired and so on and so forth. But we appreciate our partners. Yes, we do. We appreciate God our partners. Thank God for our partners. Because, you know, we just got back from Mexico. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and uh, of course, yesterday was... Uh, uh, Independence Day. Yesterday we celebrated America's birthday and uh, 141 years of, of liberty and freedom. And and thank God, you know, liberty, freedom's never been free. It's always cost blood. And sure. uh, and our freedom's never been free. It cost Jesus blood. And so we're 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 just excited. I'm just so always grateful and so appreciative. I, I say many times we're we're indebted to our partners, people that faithfully pray for us, faithfully pray for us. Well, I've had right. so many people contact me over the, over the 50 years I've been doing this. And say, oh, Brother Terry, you know, on, on such and such a date, uh, I was compelled to pray for you at such and such a time, so I got on my knees and prayed for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I'll go back and look on my calendar, see where I was on that certain, certain date and that certain, certain time, and realize, dear Lord, I was in India, and I needed help, or I was in Africa, and I right. needed help, or I, I was in Mexico, and I needed help. And, uh, you know, we, only eternity will tell what those prayers have, uh, have no, prevented, have they're caused, treasured. have rescued us from, the dangers we've been rescued from, the pits we've been rescued from. And then, of course, just the, the financial support. People faithfully uh, give every month. That's right. And, uh, and help us go around the world, help us take care of uh, orphans, and help us take care of people in need. And, you know, we just sent $1,000 to Romania this, uh, two weeks ago to, to help some of our orphans that we've supported for all, right. all, literally all their lives. I've known them since they were infants, and now they're graduating uh, and so we sent, you know, money to help them uh, have a graduation party and help them get clothes to wear. And, and, and they, and <laughs> they had some I, vital and, testing and, and, and documents that, goes, that needed and, to be done. And that goes to our for. partners. You know, yeah. our partners help us do that. So so thank you. If you're out there today and you're a partner, we're delighted yes, that amen. you're here. We're delighted you help us. We're indebted to you. We appreciate you. And together, we really do this together. And yeah. we make these things happen together. Well, it's but, rather... Well, what was it you asked me to tell? I was just, thinking about our partners. You want me to tell about the twins in, in Guatemala? Yes. Um this this uh this happened in 1979 March of 1979. Uh, Jackie and I were living uh, uh, right here in Tulsa, 
And uh, I was going to take a trip down to, to Guatemala to uh, minister for some missionary friends of mine. They were out of Lakewood. You knew them, Barbara and Elam Stolfus. Right, right. Uh, Barbara's still there, Renee, of yes, course, and we is. speak to her from time to time. And then Elam's been in heaven for quite a while. But, um, you know, Brother Osteen there, at, uh, Joel's daddy, John Osteen, helped him get a houseboat uh, decades and decades ago and go all the way down there to the Patan jungle. The Patan is the jungle of Guatemala. Right. And it's up, it's up in the northern part, and it's close to uh, the border with Mexico, uh, right on the Passion River. And so uh, they, they, for years, they took that houseboat, went up and down the river, up and down the river, preaching the gospel. Then finally they anchored it or moored it at a particular, at a particular spot, uh, bought some property. And so they were still living on the houseboat, but then they also built a house, uh, a, a house that they were living in. Um, and then they had built a little two-room cinder block clinic. And uh, the reason they had done that is because people, when you're in the third world, people treat missionaries like doctors. No, that's right. I, I mean, they just literally come to you and want you to do surgery and want you to deliver babies and want you to want to show you their 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 hurts and their pains and their problems and and my, uh, my. Uh, you know you just have to you you the missionaries just everything to them and so so they begin to come to Elam and Barbara to get medical help and yet there's no medical training whatsoever. Right. They just started trying to help, you know, putting bandages on things and and cleaning things up and you know then then finally got some worm medicine to give people right. and, and and things like that then finally elon got a got a ham radio and uh ham radio you know goes all over the world and so there's guys on ham radio still today there's a big ham net all over the world and uh, sometimes ham can get through when nothing else can get through the phone lines are down the telegraph wires are down and and uh, so on so we didn't have satellites like we do today well and i'll just inject here that elon and barbara were just farmers and Mennonites, yeah. farmers from yeah. Pennsylvania. No, that's exactly so right. So they didn't know about medical training other than what they'd seen on the farm. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and they went, like you and Jackie did, they just were there because God told them to go. That's right. Anyway, so so little by little, uh, Elon would use this ham radio to contact doctors right. in America. And so some villager would come in and, and with a broken leg or come in with a, with a machete cut or a toe chopped off or a, you know, whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, or, or having a baby or whatever's going on. Yeah. And Elon would get on that ham radio yeah. and he had a, he had a bunch of doctors, a network of doctors that, uh, would, was that would talk him through it. And, you know, right. they'd say, well, what does it look like? Of course, you couldn't send pictures back then like you uh -uh. can now, but no, no, they'd no. have him describe it, you know, what does it look like and how bad is it bleeding and, and what's their temperature time. and, you know, and then they'd talk him through how to bandage something up or how right. to do something or what have you like that. Anyway. When Elam contacted me, he said, uh, "Terry, would you uh, would you come down and do a, do a crusade, an open air crusade?" He said, "I'll send villagers, flyers out to villages, and uh, we'll bring the villages in." He said, "He said, in fact, the villagers are going to be meeting here uh, pretty soon, as they do for an annual event to do council, the tribal council, and and make decisions and things like this." And he said, "So there'll be a lot available." And he said, "We'll invite them to our place and uh, have them camp out on the grounds, you know, and and." and uh, and you do a crusade. We'll just build a platform, and you just preach to them while they're here. And I said, well, I'd love to do that, Elam. That'd be great. I'll, I'll do that. And, and he said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, do you know a doctor, a medical doctor? And I said, well, yeah. I said, I've got a, I know some doctors, and I've got one here in town, really good, really good friend of mine. And uh, uh, he said, well, please bring a doctor. He said, it would be just such a luxury if we had a real doctor that somebody could sure. could work in the clinic and, and really do something. Because he mind. said, I am so hamstrung. He said, I do things. Just people tell the doctors don't radio tell me what to do but he said man what 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 a delight to have a real doctor so i said sure and so i 
I, I went to my, my doctor friend, Dr. Bobby Daniel, in fact. Uh, right. uh, he's actually in charge of one of the head of one of the hospitals here in Tulsa now, he and Wally. And, and they had been with me to Mexico before. I'd taken them on a couple of different missions trips. And, and uh, in fact, after this whole Guatemala thing happened and the miracles that happened down there, Bobby actually started going having crusades. He actually started going to India and other places and having miracle crusades. That's wonderful. Uh, and uh, anyway, they were and still are great friends and great people. And so I also went and, and, and got a friend of mine who many people in Word of Faith circles would recognize today. His name's Bob Lemon. And uh, Bob, uh, at that time, uh, was uh, working at Sears and Roebuck down here at Woodland Hills Mall at 71st uh, Memorial. Uh, uh. And he was selling tires and batteries in the automotive department. And I went down to Bob and said, hey, Bob, you want to go to the... You want to go to the mission fields with me? And I'm going to go do a, do a crusade in the jungle. He said, yeah, I'd love to. And he quit his job and never went back to work secularly again. He worked for me, right. me, traveled with me for four and a half months. And then he, then he famously went to work for Buddy Harrison and worked for Buddy and Pat for years and years and years and uh, started FCF or helped start the FCF churches and organization and stuff like that. And, and then finally went on out after many years of serving Buddy, went on out in his own ministry. And, and uh, so, uh, so Bob Lemon went with me. Dr. Bobby Daniel went with me. And uh, I told Bobby, I said, uh, Dr. Daniel, I said, if you, yeah, how would you like to go do some jungle doctrine? I'm going to go do some jungle preaching, but we've got a situation where you do some jungle doctrine. He said, yeah, great. So we took off, and we, we flew to Guatemala City commercially, and then we sat around the airport in Guatemala City and uh, finally hired a bush pilot to take us out into the, to the jungle. And so, you know, Guatemala's got 33 volcanoes and it's got right. lots of mountains but it's got 33 yes. volcanoes a little bitty nation but it's got 33 lots of volcanoes and and, and so what would happen what happens is though the clouds start setting especially over a volcano because of the steam right. and stuff coming up they get real cloudy and so clouds sometimes will just cover the just blanket the whole country and and when you're flying above that as a pilot and i am a pilot and so it kind of concerns me you know but as you're flying above that in uh, in guatemala you, you've got a cloud layer underneath you this beautiful white layer of clouds but then you just see these mountain peaks sticking up through them everywhere and we always call those cumulo granite clouds you know because if you run into one they're they're, they're pretty tough you know right. they're, they're not uh, nice and fluffy like a cloud uh but anyway those pilots know know of course now there's all kind of uh, aviation uh, electronics and avionics and nav aids and things to help a pilot know where he's going back then you didn't have all that especially not in guatemala right and so uh and so, you know, they'd just be flying along and just all of a sudden just turn the plane, and just turn right into, looks like you're just going to run right into two or three of those mountains because you're flying down through some of those peaks sticking up through the clouds. And anyway, so we got out of the clouds and got down there and flew down the river a while. Uh, it's easy to fly down a river, you know, because there's no, uh, it, it's a good highway, you know, and doesn't have uh, things for you to hit. And so uh, <laughs> we got to Elam's particular property and they had had, uh, the, the native people had come out there with machetes and just cut down a, uh, a bunch of trees in the jungle and made a, a runway, made a strip. Now, of course, it wasn't level and nice and smooth and easy, and I'm a pilot myself, but I would not have wanted to land there. And this pilot landed us there. And uh, as he landed us there, uh, Elam came running out. He heard the plane, of course, and came running out and uh, began to yell at us. And, and we're still in the plane, still strapped in. The pilot still got the, the propeller going and the engine going and trying to figure, you know, going to taxi up and turn it off. But before that, Elam's running at us and he's cupping his hands and yelling at me. And, and I can't hear him over the, over the engine, but I can read his lips. Yeah. And he's saying, did you bring the doctor? And so I just nodded my head. Yes. And I jerked my thumb over my shoulder toward, point toward the back seat. Right. said, yeah, the doctor's right here. And so he started motioning, come quick, come quick, come quick. 
Well, we just unbuckled our seat belts and opened the door and bailed out, and the oh, pilot's boy. still going. I mean, the engine's still going. The propeller's still going. Right. And so, you know, there's no time for hello and how are you and hug necks and shake hands. He just said, come quick, come quick. And so we just started running uh, into the little cinder block clinic, two-room two clinic with Elam, and he, he led us into the second room, went through the first room into the second, and there laying on a table were two little babies, twin babies, a little boy, a little girl, and they were two years old, Renee, and weighed nine pounds. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it was awful. Nine pounds, and they're two years old. Oh, my. And, uh, you know, we've got a grandbaby that's just two and a half. I don't know. What, what does she weigh? I don't even know. <laughs> You're supposed she to was know in things her 30s. Like that. It was like 30, maybe yeah. 30 pounds. But my point is that, you know, pounds. she ought to be 30 to, you know, right, right. 25 to 45 pounds or something. But right. but here, here they weigh nine pounds. And so then they're just laying there on this table, just just look like they're dead. They're just laying out, arms stretched so. out, My legs goodness. stretched out, and they're they're not conscious, and they just they just look dead. And the weirdest weirdest thing about them was that their stomachs and their chest cavities were moving. They were just undulating like the wave oh, of a right. sea. And uh, and what that was is is parasites. They were absolutely full, both of them, of parasites. And so these parasites Goodness were just gracious. moving around in their stomach and all up in their body. And, and you could just see their little butt bellies moving, their little chest moving, and, and they're just laying there, look like they're dead. And, uh, you know, we just ran over to them, started looking at them, and Bobby, of course, the doctor, started immediately examining them. And then uh, uh, he, he said, Terry, he said, uh, uh, I, I need a hospital. I need a pediatrics ward. You know, I, I, I need... And I said, I, I know, buddy, but, you know, we don't have any of that. What can we do? And he said, well, there's not, not anything we can do medically. He said, we need a miracle. And he said, these these babies, he said, uh, he said the little girl is going to, the little boy, he said, is going to live about two hours, and he'll be dead. And said the little girl, not long after that. And he said, and besides that, watch this. And he took a pen out of his pocket. He'd already done this once, but I didn't know what he was doing. He took a pen out of his shirt pocket, a fountain pen, you know, you know a ballpoint pen. And he took the little girl's foot, little tiny, little tiny foot, and just scraped the bottom of her foot with that with that pen. And she didn't move, didn't move a muscle. I mean, not a toe move, nothing oh, moved. And he said, uh, he said, Terry, this is called a positive Babinski. He said, that's that's a brain damage, a brain problem. And he said, there's no medical help for that whatsoever. And he said, you know, we, we have to have a miracle or these babies are dead. And so we just started praying for them. We just started praying for those babies. And I started praying in particular to curse the, the parasites. You know, the word tells us that the power of life and death is in the tongue, that we speak life, we speak death. And, uh, and so I began to speak death to those parasites. I mean, just to kill them and destroy them and to wither and die and get out of their bodies. Just like Jesus spoke death to the fig tree and said, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever there in Mark chapter 11. Wow. And it dried up from its roots, from its life source and died. Well, we, I just prayed the same way over those babies, over those parasites, and then begin to pray life to the babies that they live and not die and declare the works of the Lord, as the Bible says. And then I took the little baby girl's tiny head in my hands and prayed healing for her brain and cursed that positive Babinski and commanded brain cells to live uh, and not die and, and for her to be healed and prayed, just prayed a miracle prayer. The anointing of God, we just had our hands on them and, and just letting the anointing of God, Dr. Daniels was praying and Bob Lemon was praying, I was praying, just had our hands on the babies and just letting the anointing go into them. We hadn't still had, hadn't said hello to anybody or shook hands with anybody, hadn't got the luggage out of the airplane. And, and all of a sudden somebody said, come quick. And we thought, what? So we turned from these two babies and we go into the first room 
And there stands one of the most awful sights I've ever seen. Here's a little nine-year-old girl. And, and this little girl, three days prior, three days earlier, had been in her village playing with the kids, just running around the village playing just like kids do. And somehow, I never got the correct the story straight, somehow either she was bumped accidentally or was shoved or pushed. Anyway, somehow she fell. And when she did, she fell uh, uh, with her left arm uh, went right into a pot of boiling water, a big old pot of boiling water sitting on an open fire. And she fell into that. And her, her hand, her left arm, went all the way up to, to her shoulder. You know, went right all the way up to where it's going to go to her, to her torso. And, and, and so they jerked her out of there, of course. And she was horribly, horribly burned. And I always forget what the degree is, whether the first degree is worse or third degree is worse. But is it first degree that's the worst burn there is? Third. That's third. Uh, so she had third degree burns. And, uh, and here it's been three days. And she's not been treated. So in three days, living in the jungles and in the tropics, you know, there's lots of insects down there and lots oh, of heat my. and lots of moisture. And so whenever you get cut like that in the jungle or get, a, get an injury in the jungle, then here come the bugs and the insects to set up housekeeping in that injury. And so they set, get in there and they, they lay their eggs and have their babies. And, and pretty soon you've got this full-blown infection. And that's so very, very, very common. And that's what happened to this little doll baby. This little nine-year-old princess had... had 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 this thing happen three days ago, no treatment in three days. Her arm was highly inflamed, highly infected. It looked so nasty, Renee, just looking at her. It was just so horrible to look at her injury. And then I looked at her little old face, and her eyes were just kind of glazed over. I mean, she did, it's like she just had that thousand-yard stare, you know. She was looking at, but not seeing. And, uh, and then her little old face was just red and flushed with fever. She just burned up with fever. I mean, it was horrible. I In imagine. fact, Dr. Daniel, and I don't mean this to make any disparaging thing towards Bobby, but, you know, because he, he's a wonderful Christian man and a wonderful doctor. But, you know, it's just like, he just like, oh, my Lord, Terry, I need a, I need a hospital. I need, I need this, I need this, I need this. You know, and, and I, I'm, that's not in any way negative. I mean, he's a no, doctor. No. He needs this stuff. And so... Uh, I said, I know, buddy, but we don't, we don't have it. We're just going to have to deal with this, you know. And he said, he said, Terry, I, I can't deal with this. I mean, because we're looking to him as a doctor to do something. Right. And he said, I can't do anything with this. And I said, well, why can't you? And he said, he said, well, you know, he said, I don't even have any anesthetic. I can't give her any anesthetic, anything for pain. And because uh, uh, he couldn't bring it into the country. And so uh, uh, I said, well, you know, you do, 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 do whatever you need to do. He said, I can't. He said, do you know what I have to do to her? And I said, no, I have no idea. He said, I'm going to have to take a scalpel and remove all that flesh. I'm going to have to start at her shoulder and go all the way to her fingers and remove every bit of that burned flesh and then dress it and doctor it and so on and so forth. And he said, I have no pain medicine, no anesthetic. I can't give her anything. He said, I can't do that to her. I, 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 just, I just can't do it. And I said, well, well, Bobby, you're going to have to do it because, you know, she'll die with the infection, obviously. Right. And, uh, and I said, I'll tell you what. I said, you do what you do and I'll do what I do. And he said, what does that mean? And I said, I'll handle the anesthetic, and you handle the, you handle the removing the flesh and, and doctoring her up and taking care of her. And so I just, Renee, I just reached over and, and just picked her up in my arms and uh, just uh, put my cheek down on her little fevered cheek, and I just began to pray in tongues, just pray in the Holy Ghost, and just minister peace to that baby and just, just, just say, oh, Father, I minister peace to this baby, the peace of God come on her, the, the peace that passes understanding come on her, that she just sleeps and she just rests in Jesus. Name. And then I began to just pray in tongues. She just went sound asleep. So I walked over to a, to a table there. And in there, itself to a, is miraculous. Yeah, I walked over to, a, to an examining table there and laid her down on this table. 
And, uh, and and she woke up when I did and started to cry. And I just put my cheek, I leaned over and put my cheek down on her cheek and just began praying in tongues. She just went right back to sleep. So I told Bobby, I said, okay, do what you got to do. And I tell you what, he took he took that scalpel and he worked on her for a long, long time. I see my couple hours. Uh, and, and, and removed all that flesh. And she just slept like the saying is, like a baby. But uh, three times during that procedure, Renee, I... But three times during that procedure, Renee, I, I would stop or, or stand up and stretch my back because I'd been I leaning over so. for so long and it was, you know, a right. catch in my back. And I, But every time I did that, all three times, every time I raised up and stretched my back to try to give my back a little relief, she would wake up immediately and start crying. And I immediately would put my, my face down on her face, my cheek down on her cheek, and immediately she'd go back to sleep. Wow. And so... Uh, so Bobby got finished, you know, and, and dressed her arm and, and, and got her all taken care of and a nice white little sling and bandage and all that kind of stuff. And of course, oh, had, my. Uh, and so she just, uh, uh, in fact, Bobby came back to the States and went to churches and full gospel businessmen in different places and told this story about God's anesthetic. He said, I've never in my <laughs> life ever seen anything like that. He said, it was absolutely so. Holy Ghost so. anesthetic. My, my, but my. anyway, Thank you, while we were just seeing to her and getting her checking her out and uh, and just totally finished with her somebody said somebody said uh, what about the babies what happened with the twins we yeah. said oh my lord we forgot about the twins so we went back into the that second room where those twins were and somebody had had uh, they had set up they were both setting up the little boy and little girl setting up and uh, somebody had handed them a cracker and they were both sitting there eating a cracker and the gross thing is is those parasites had left their body from every orifice every orifice and they had parasites were all over the table, all over the floor. My, my, and uh, my. so we got those babies and took them out and cleaned them up. And we, we, we swept, this sounds really gross. It's just the world I live in. I'm sorry. But we, we swept up all those worms, all those parasites, and took them outside and poured gasoline on them and burned them and went back in and cleaned all that mess up. But the bottom line is then Bobby took the babies to examine them because here they are now, they're conscious and setting up right, and eating. Right. And, uh, and he examined. He said, "You know, Terry, these these babies are fine." He said, "They're going to live," and uh, he said, "They're they're 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 good. They're okay." And he said, "And watch this." And he grabbed his pen and scraped it across that little girl's foot, that baby girl's foot, and she jerked it back. And he said, "Look at that. God's even healed her brain." And the cool thing is, Renee, is that thank uh, you, Lord, is that those babies uh, were ended up being adopted out to a couple in Guatemala City, and uh, they raised those kids and raised them for Jesus and and. Uh, the little boy, whose name was David, uh, went to went to university and became, uh, I forget what he got his degree in, but he went to university so he could come back and help his people. So he did. He went to the university, got a degree, my, my, my. and moved back to the moved back out there to the jungle my and uh, is there to this day and, and helping the people and blessing the people and ministering to the people and helping them. And, uh, and then the little girl was adopted out into into uh, uh, the fa same family there in Guatemala City and grew up to lead, lead a normal, productive life. Thank and the just Lord. a just a miracle, absolute miracle. No, of God. it is. And then, of course, the little girl with a burned arm was completely healed, and, and and so on and so forth. And on that same trip, I won't tell this testimony because we're into the we're into the podcast. So so uh, over thirty minutes now. So, but on that same trip, you know, a little girl died. They brought us a little right. girl, and she died. And and I held her up for twelve hours before God, just praying for her for twelve solid hours, and God raised her from the dead. But anyway, well, thank God, thank God amen. for miracles. Amen. That's four children there in that just in that one meeting in a matter of a few hours that God was able to do 
the absolute life-changing, life-or-death, miraculous situations. Oh, yeah, and we still hadn't said hello to anybody. You know, we still hadn't, I mean, we did all I, that before we ever got our luggage out of the plane. Yeah, that, that was absolutely amazing. And I just, uh, I wanted Terry to share these things with you here this week and just start the broadcast off with uh, hopeless situations can be turned around when you are committed to trusting God and seeing God do something that is absolutely out of the ordinary, miraculous, Amen. impossible with man, is possible the with God. The only God that does miracles. That's right, that God will do it for you. But you're, there has to be somebody there that will believe God, take the spiritual authority, trust the Lord, and just, you know, um, I learned from a man of God many, many years ago, start where you are, use what you have, and do what you can. If you'll just get in there and get your hands on the situation and listen to the Spirit of God, God will show you how to walk through situations in faith because no two are alike <laughs> and it and the dynamic and the people that are involved in it there's there's no uh, two situations that are going to be absolutely alike but God will make it work for you and so I'm just so grateful for um, the years of experience that Terry has had the stories that he's had to tell the the situations that he's seen that were just impossible that God turned it around. And we're glad you're here Amen. listening today. Um, Terry's used as the theme uh, for his ministry, the wonderful and great uh, scriptures that the Apostle Paul spoke that said, we are more than conquerors. Romans 8, 37. Yeah, it just adds that, that whole chapter in there is just that what's what looks possible to the flesh will be absolutely possible and the miracles will abound when you turn to God for yeah, the supernatural well, answer. Yeah, what's impossible with the flesh will turn around when you trust the Lord. So we're thankful you're here today listening. We, we're so grateful for you. And those of you that are partners with us, we just salute you and pray great blessing on your life. And we look forward to hearing from you at terrymize.com and then over on our website at terrymizeministries.org. We're so grateful for the opportunity to communicate with you, and we look forward to doing so. God bless you. Remember that you're a more than a conqueror. <laughs> you can look us up in the yellow pages under Conquerors More Than. Yes, I, Terry said that for a long, long time, and I do agree with it and believe it too. So God bless you. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to a Mize Missions podcast. For all the latest updates to our global projects, speaking engagements, and social media, visit us at terrymize.com. You can partner with us to give living bread to dying men around the world. Get involved at terrymize.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of Terry Mize Ministries.